Bells and Whistles Sport, what fight were you most looking forward to watching this year, Ade? Um, Teofimo Lopez versus Vasil Lomachenko. And that's the one I'm gutted has been pushed back to, I don't know, October, November maybe. Um, just because I think Loma at 135, that's look, it's not his best weight. I mean, as, as good as he is, I love him. He should really be at 130. So, and Teofimo Lopez is very, very big and will probably eventually even go to 147. So um, that's a great fight. I'm looking forward to it. I think Loma's still got a lot left. But, I mean, we've seen it in some of these previous fights. People are starting to get closer to him. Luke Campbell, we saw it. Linares, we saw it. Even Pedraza, I thought he was a dominant and good performance. But even that wasn't vintage Loma, apart from a couple of rounds. So that's the one I'm upset about right now. Yeah, I'm looking for. Oh, well, I was looking forward to that fight, and I'm looking forward to it when it happens. Um, just to echo what you said about Lomachenko, similar to kind of what we were saying about Golovkin, and what I think we're probably starting to see now a little bit with Usyk is when you have these guys who've got such extensive amateur backgrounds, and, and you factor in all of those miles on the clock and the training camps, and also particularly somebody like Lomachenko, when you've had that I mean, that many amateur fights, you, you're on weight for those fights as well. You're on yeah. weight for those tournaments. It's not like pro fights. Um, and that does take it out of you. Obviously, we've seen him have some niggling injuries. We've seen Usyk. Now he's got the extra weight on his body as he's moved up. has got the niggling injuries as well. So, you know, these guys can't go on forever. And I think we have seen some slight wear and tear um, with those guys. Um, Lomachenko being one of them. And you never know. You never know. I still make Lomachenko a quite sizable favourite in that fight. Mm. Lopez has two things in his favour in, in this fight, in my opinion. One, he could punch. Mm -hmm. and, and two, he has serious, serious self-belief. A lot of fighters do, all fighters pretty much at that level do, but he's um, he's got something about him, Tiffimo Lopez. Um, his dad's yeah. the same. His dad's like another sort of Angel Garcia molded type. Um, and when you've got somebody like that breathe, like, you know, in your ear all the time, that can only rub off on you in the positive light. So, yeah, for me, selfishly, Inoue versus Casemiro because I was going to go and watch yeah. that fight. Uh, oh, okay. Which I would would never ever usually get the chance to, but it was it was the week before or Tuesday, the week before Billy Joe versus Canelo, so I was going to be in Vegas anyway. So um, selfishly, that would have been great to see. But outside mm. of that, fight I'm most looking forward to Dupar Joyce. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Dupar Joyce, like. Yeah. Okay, not going to try not to make the same mistake on this live and try and get through these a little bit quicker. Uh, best managers slash management team, Ade. Well, I guess you've got to go MTK Global, right? I mean, fuck me, they're signing everyone. Everyone's with them. I mean, you're Dave Allen. I say you're Dave Allen because you've interviewed him a few times. Dave Allen's now with them as well. Um, you speak to boxers and they say that they do a great job for their for their boxers. Um, so I probably will go MTK, um, just because I can't really think of many more in my head right now. Uh, okay, one Mitch eight six. How did you get into interviewing boxers, and have you always had a love for boxing? Ade, you first. Um, my love, I have to be brutally honest with you. My love uh, was football, and it still is probably football. Um, Ryan, who I used to do box talk with, is a massive boxing fan, and um, I used to go to his house most times and we would be around and just argue about boxing. And then we thought, fuck it, let's just go to boxing venues, take a camera, like IFL were doing an interview boxers. So that's how it kind of kicked off. And then we've taken it from there. But um, my biggest sport is probably football and then boxing a very close second. 
Um, so I am a boxing nut, but I'm a football nut as well. Okay, I'm not going to answer the same question because I've answered that a few times. Um, Andrew J, actually, I will answer that question very quickly. Um, one minute eighty six. How do I get into interviewing boxers? I used to run several um, Facebook forums, boxing Facebook forums, years ago, um, and then just kind of fell into it. Natural progression, writing articles, interviewing fighters on the phone, then then video, and so on and so forth. Um, have I always had a love for boxing? Yes. Um, when I was a young kid, um, I used to play football to a decent standard until I was probably 12 or 13. So up until then, boxing was my second sport. Um, and then when I stopped playing football, when I was about 14, 15, it became my number one sport and then went from there. Uh, Andrew J. Young, how long have you been growing the beard? Um, I assume he's probably talking to me, but I don't know. Um I don't know really, mate. I can't remember the last time I had a clean shave. So the last time I had it trimmed was fight week of Wild of Fury 2. Um, um, yeah. The last time I had a shave on this monstrosity was about four weeks ago. Um, but it grows back so quick. Not there. Clean shave. <laughs> no, no, I just take it down. I took it down when I was on Sky because I thought they might not let me in the building. <laughs> uh, Mohammed, you still have comments from last live? No, we don't, mate. Sorry about that. Um... Flying through. NG13, Rob, the best in the game. Thank you, sir. Agreed. Uh, Luke Madeira15, join. Hello, Luke. You're a good guy. Thanks very much for, for being in here. Uh, Luke Madeira, proper boxing man. If anybody wants to follow him, please do so. Jamie Roberts, thoughts on Jordan Gill. Um, mm. Yeah, Jordan, I think he's he's been unfortunate. He's had a bit of a stop start last six or seven months. Obviously, he was very ill. He had... Um, I can't remember what the problem was. Uh, I think it was an issue with his thyroid, I think. Um, but yeah, really good guy. Was on a good little spell and then um, had a really, really, really bad night um, against Enrico Tanoka, I believe it was. Um, Happens. Yeah, so I mean, we don't know. I think that, you know, you have to see what, what a young prospect does when they're coming back from not only their first loss, but the manner of the loss as well. But I mean, he seems <laughs> mentally strong. He's obviously... A talented fighter, but you know, having having that loss at this point in your career really doesn't put you at crossroads. That's way overstating it. But you know, now the chips are down, and you have to show us what you've got. So we wait and see. I think for Jordan Gill. Yeah, I echo that. Good answer. Very good answer, Rob. Thank you, um, Mohammed. Is Tony Bellew bias? I don't know, man. I don't. I don't listen really to commentary probably like, i don't know probably most people everybody probably is is biased in some way shape or form whether they like to admit it um, of course i was about to say that yeah everyone 100 percent, 100 percent. barry nino okay are they for you does bernard hopkins outbox canelo absolutely what bernard hopkins is top three middleweight of all time uh, yeah he'll set him traps all over don't do that face he'll set him traps all over the ring go and watch um hopkins against an aggressive felix trinidad it's just boxing masterclass. Um, it'll be a tough fight, obviously, because Canelo is getting better and better, but you're talking B-Hop. I don't know how old you are, my friend, but B-Hop, frightening fighter. I would go for Bernard Hopkins to beat Canelo in a very, very close fight, um, albeit with um, with fair scorecards. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm about to say, if it's close, and obviously Canelo wins, surely. <laughs> What's your first big fight night experience? Ade, what's your first big fight what, night experience? Are we talking venue or just at home chilling? I don't know, mate. Um, I remember the first big night fight night I can remember is my dad had on Tyson Bruno. That's the one that got me hooked when I was young. 
So I'm going to say that's the big one that I can remember. Um, aside from that, everything in the 90s, Prince, Prince Nassim Hamed, Eubank, Ben, and later on Joe Calzaghe. But those fight nights on ITV at the time were just awesome. Okay. Will Akoli fight AJ if he has if he has two for world title in maybe three years? Uh, good question. Um, That's a really good question. <laughs> I think if it was maybe, maybe if it was for the undisputed heavyweight title, I think maybe we could see that happen. Um, but this is boxing. Case, money talks. Yeah, We've, I think you know, everyone says that money talks, mate. Friendships go out the window. They'll hug after. Um, if it's a lot of money on the line, they'll get it on. I do think they're going to miss each other slightly. Though. I can see a Coley hanging around Cruiser for a couple of years, and I see AJ maybe vanishing in a couple of years. So who knows? Why do you think Rob McCracken is rarely mentioned when discussing the best British trainer from Brett Smith John? Another good question from Brett Smith John. Addy? Very good question. Um, I don't know. Maybe because we only sort of visualize him with one boxer at a time. So Carl Froch and then AJ and then sort of the GB team. I don't think of him as having sort of five or six boxes in a camp at one time, like some of the other trainers we've mentioned. But no doubt what he's done with Carl Froch and what he's done with AJ, fantastic man, fantastic trainer, sorry. And we don't really hear from him, do we? He's very sort of coy in his interviews. You don't really get a good interview with him as well, unlike some of the other trainers that we hear from quite a lot, like Ben Davison and Shane McGuigan and Dave Coldwell that are great trainers. We hear from them quite a lot. So you can almost kind of pick their brain a bit. With Rob McCracken, he, he doesn't really say much. You don't hear from him at all. Doesn't want the limelight. So maybe that's what it is. But um, look, top, top trainer. Top, top trainer. Loves a nice cup of tea behind closed doors as Rob McCracken. But yeah, just to echo mm. that, he's done some great work with um, not only the likes of Carl Froch and um, Anthony Joshua, but... A number of other uh, Team GB guys over the years done great work with the amateurs, uh, which we've seen British boxing reap the rewards of as a pro. But yeah, I think maybe that that might have something to do with it, the fact that he's very much out of the spotlight. Um, but yeah, fantastic coach in his own right and somebody that a lot of fighters owe a lot to. Um, so yeah, Rolib Molly, 23, I'm from America. Big fan of AJ Fury, Saunders and Eubank. Cool, mate. Nice. Um... Mohammed's best commentator, Ade. Mm. It was Paulie before, but I'm going to go Andre Ward now. I, I like Andre Ward. Both of them, though, are fantastic. They they break things down for you so well. I mean, if you are sort of just a casual boxing fan watching these guys commentate, but they will break down just what you think is a, a boring straight right hand. And they'll tell you exactly why the fighters threw it, watch the fighters' feet. So they both break them down so well. So I'm going to... It's a toss-up between those two for me, Andre and Paulie. Okay. Can small hall shows get more television rights, etc.? Goodwin Boxing and MTK Global. Um, yeah, I'm sure they've tried, and I'm sure there are talks going on there. Um, uh, I know from personal experience that, you know, look, we've we've looked at trying to, to do some live streaming, but, of course, when you're... When you're dealing with small hall boxers and small hall fighters around that that level, a lot of those guys are on ticket deals. So you start putting that on TV and start putting that on a live stream where you're not, you know, financially incentivizing the promoters and the fighters. Then you're going to see a lot of fighters have to um, have to leave the sport because they won't be able to shift the tickets. People would rather um, 
well, not rather, but it's a lot cheaper to watch it at home on a live stream than it is to um to stump up forty quid for your ticket, twenty quid for your train and <laughs> drinks for the night. Before you know, it, it's a hundred pounds. So um, so yeah, I mean, I think everyone would like to see that, but it's just trying to make it work for small hall fighters, really. Uh, trying to fly through these. Stell twenty three. Rob, add a peace and blessings. Peace and blessings to you too. Uh, Cherry Abassi 93 Aram says Brook Lightly for Bud next what are your thoughts on him moving back down also how does that fight go does Bud dominate don't like the idea of that fight at all I'm a massive Kel Brook fan look if he can make 147 healthy then fair do is but I, I just nah Brook's not making 147 properly no chance and um, Bud's just too um, just too skillful for him at the moment I wouldn't mind a catchweight fight at 150 between Kelbrook and Keith Furman. Like, I don't know, just a few catchweight fights. He's too, he's too small for 154. He's too big for 147. He has a bit of a problem, does Kelbrook. I like him a lot. The problem with doing something like that is Brook and Furman, is that gonna is that a big enough fight to sell without a title? I don't think so. Um, you don't think so? No? What, if you're going to sell that as like a pay-per-view fight, Keith Furman... No, not pay Well, then again, you're right. It had to be pay-per-view, yeah, wouldn't it? To make, yeah. So, Keith Furman versus Kelbrook at 150 for no title. Mm. Um, I think Kelbrook should try and... Like, win a world title at 154, man. I think, like... I don't think 154 is as deep as it was a few years back when you had, like, a prime Lara. Miguel Collins yeah. knocking about there. Um, Canelo was down there. Even Liam Smith. Uh, this is when, like, Lubin was unbeaten, Jamel Charlo was unbeaten. Like, you had, a, I think it was a lot stronger division three or four years ago. Now, it's a little bit, it's a little bit unpredictable. And I think that a lot of those guys can beat each other on any given night. So, I think for Brooke, stay in the gym, stay at that weight, get settled at that weight, and then try yes. to pick up a world title. Like, he was, he was mandatory for Jarrett Hurd before Jarrett Hurd got beat. Like, you know, is, is, is J-Rock is J that much of a better fighter than Kel Brook? You know, we don't know. And then obviously mm. before J Rock get beat by Jason Rosario, so it's you know it's kind of a it's a good time to be a hundred and fifty four pounder, and he's got he's got good rankings across the board, I believe. And you know, yeah. I'd like to see Kelbrook fight one fifty four. I wouldn't like to see him. At what is he? How old Kelbrook? Thirty four. Uh, about that, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I I love Kelbrook. I just feel like um, I don't know. I feel like that's a guy at, when he was at his peak at one four seven. You look at the names that were around. Jesus. I mean, it was literally superstar after superstar after superstar, and he just didn't get those fights. And it's just, um, oh, it kills me. Kelbrook's story just <sighs> kills me. But oh well. One sus one. Rob, you wipe the floor with Koo. Yeah, one sus one knows. He knows. Uh, what do you think of Ben Whitaker? We've already discussed him. Very good, very talented. Looking forward to see him, hopefully, in the Olympics next year. Um, by the look mm. of uh, are some rests really paid off in some fights? If so, can you give examples of which fights you think it happened? Um, I don't know, mate. You'll have to ask a ref. I've certainly never heard of it, but... No comment from me. I mean, I think... How do I say this? So, uh, I think some people are just incompetent. Um, That's what it is, I think, as well. I don't think they're taking money under the table. I do think there are um, there are other ways of bribing rest rather than just giving the bag full of money. But I do think um, incompetence is one of the biggest ones as well. Some of these rests are just shit. Boxing says, is the lightweight division the hottest in boxing? Lomachenko, Tiafimo, Tank, Haney, Ryan Garcia, Campbell, Lenares, Easter Junior, elite level talent. Adi. 
Uh, Easter Junior's at 140 now, I believe. So let's remove him from the equation. But it's, it's very good. The, the, the easiest thing to do, though, is what you just did and ruled off the names. I mean, are those guys going to fight each other? So we can do that with every division, to be honest. Um, but are those guys really going to get it on? Uh, Ryan Garcia, we have to wait and see what he can do when he steps in with someone that actually wants to fight back, which will be interesting. I think Devin Haney might be eventually the best of that bunch, if I'm honest with you. Um, just because Loma, like me and Rob said, is probably coming to the end in terms of um, the Loma. Um, Javante Davis, I just don't think he takes it seriously with his weight. Uh, no weight jokes here. Um, Luke, it's good division, good division, but will, we, will they all fight each other? That's the question. I doubt it. Uh, I'm going to answer that very quickly. Is it the hottest in boxing? I think so, yes. I think there's a lot of great fights to be made there. You mentioned about Ryan Garcia, Ade. I think if they're trying to make him versus Jorge Linares next, I think that's a very Good interesting fight. fight. Um, right. I know Luke Campbell wants the Linares fight. Uh, Campbell's obviously going to be boxing Fortuna for the vacant WBC when that. Willie now though, Willie. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think give it purely because of the circumstances and the situation that he's been in with the WBC for a while. So I think um, I'll even if Devin Haney's fit to go. Even if Devin Haney's now fit and ready to go, because I guess that was the issue before, right? Devin Haney was out because he was injured. No, now with this long layoff. I do think that the WBC will potentially give special dispensation to Campbell have. I think what will probably happen, provided this doesn't drag on for like six months or a year or what have you, I think Campbell will still fight for Junior with a winner of that fight. Mand uh, mandated to fight Devin Haney uh, when he comes back. I still think that will happen. Um, you have to remember, really? Campbell was waiting for his shot at the WBC title for a long time and then um, had to fight Lomachenko for it, which was um, not, un not quite <laughs> unprecedented. It has happened in some similar instances in the past, but highly unusual for, um, for you to fight a champion of another organisation for a vacant belt. Yeah. So I think the WBC will probably see that Campbell does fight for Junior. But I can ask Mauricio because I'm now the uh, the host of the WT podcast. So, yeah, there we go. Name, uh, name drop. <laughs> I was looking forward to Camillo versus Billy Joe Saunders. So was I, mate. Um, Jake Jansen. How has Molina and Brazil had two world title fights and yet White has fought five or six top 10 WBC fighters and no world title fight? Ade? Well, I mean, let's not forget, people, that White did turn down an opportunity to fight AJ at Wembley, supposedly, right? Didn't want... Didn't want no part of the rematch clause. So there was an opportunity there. Um, I don't know with Dillian White. I hope he gets his chance. I don't know when it's going to happen now. I did a video about a year ago saying he's not going to get a world title shot till 2021. And people laughed at me. Are you laughing now, people? Um, I don't think he's going to get his shot till 2021. But um, just the way it works. Mandatory uh, situations. Just the way it works, people, unfortunately. Um, but he will get his shot. It's just when. I have no idea. Okay. Da, 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 da. Why do you think Joyce is a big underdog? Uh, is he big? I don't think he's a big underdog. Was, but uh, a lot of people are picking Dubois in that fight. Don't know why. I mean, it's, it's a close fight. I mean, if you look at their resumes, and especially when you add in the amateur stuff as well, I mean, Joyce really should be favourites. I, I just think that we get. Or I say we, I think a lot of casual boxing fans maybe get carried away with the people that um, Dubois put over. I mean, Joyce would put all those guys over in exactly the same fashion, probably in exactly the same rounds as well. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It's a good fight, though. I can't wait for it. Cracking fight. Cracking fight. 
Um, who, who have you got as favourite? Are you allowed to say I this do, kind of I stuff? I do or? lean towards Dubois. Yeah, I do lean towards Dubois in that fight. But um, Joyce is, is a massively experienced as an amateur. Mm. He's fought some decent guys as well as a pro. Right. Um, boxed Ian Lewison in his debut. Um, That's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> obviously, he boxed the um, he boxed a version of Bermain Stavern. Uh, boxed Bryant Jennings. You know, he's boxed at yeah. a, a much higher level than Daniel Dubois has as a professional. I do think I do favour the uh, the freshness of Daniel Dubois, and I think that Joyce takes too many shots to be taking them from a guy yeah. who punches that hard. But having said that, Joyce has a fantastic chin; he can punch himself, and he's very physically strong. So yeah. Dubois, as strong and as menacing as he is, you know, he's still probably a couple of week, a couple of years away from his physical prime. Whereas I think Joyce is probably dead. So, um, so yeah, I think it's a very good fight. Uh, I don't know about big underdog because I've not seen the odds but um, mm. I think it's a fantastic fight and anybody writing Joe Joyce off out of hand um, is in my opinion a little bit um, far of the mark but we never know that's why boxing is such a great sport we will find out Great. Uh, I'm going to try and get through these sorry we're trying Dave Caldwell he'll be cool oh that must have been about Jordan Gill um, yeah. yes so that's what, yeah. So that's what we were saying, Mr. Coldwell. Um, we look forward to seeing his next move. Um, interesting when he comes back. Uh, Ade, have you ever boxed before? I did um, box as an amateur about four times at Newham Boys Boxing Club in East London, and my mum put to that to bed straight away. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" It's either football, basketball, athletics. Boxing isn't even part of it. But my brother, uh, my older brother, boxed for them for a while. So I just literally followed him to the gym. That was all it was. But the problem was back then, in order to box, you needed to show your medical card. I guess that happens now. I don't know. Um, I had to get my medical card off my mum. That's how the secret was out. And um, she was not happy at all. At all. Um, but even back then, and that was I was about 12 or 13, I realised how hard it was. Like, boxing ain't a joke. <gasps> ain't a joke at all. So as much as I sometimes sit on this green chair and criticise boxers, I have an utmost respect for them because I would not do it. No chance. Okay. Adley, who's the scariest man in boxing? Oh, Dean White, easily. Scary. Uh, it's not even... Scary as who? Then scarier than John Fury? Ooh, fuck. You know what it was, yeah? I couldn't believe the size of Dean White when he, I first saw him. He, I was like... How are you that big and that scary looking? He actually reminds me of Debo from Friday. He's if there was a new Friday, an English version, he will play it. But um, yeah, you know what? I think I might have to side with John Fury. I'm thinking, who would I rather not fight? And I think John Fury, I'd rather not fight John Fury. So I'm going John Fury. Yeah, I had a, I've never actually interviewed John Fury, but I had a coffee with him in Belfast and he scared me to within an inch of my life. <laughs> Honestly, like I won't, I won't repeat the stories that he was coming out with. But he had some, um, had some interesting stories for a, you know, a coffee at ten o'clock in the morning. Tell in Belfast, it was very interesting. Uh, okay, Frotch versus Ben Ade. Nigel Ben is my favourite sort of British fighter of all time, um, alongside Prince Asim Hamid. But there was also. Uh, vulnerability there with him as well especially when he got angry <laughs> fuck that's a tough one you know my heart says Ben my head says Frotch mm, I hate that but I might have to edge to fr 
Oh, I can't. I can't. I'm not answering. I'm next. Uh, I um, I actually asked Jamie Moore this question in. Um, well, I didn't. Andy did, but I, I wrote the fight. Um, Frotch versus Ben. So if anybody wants to know Jamie Moore's opinion on it, go check out the Fantasy Fights playlist on Boxing Social. Uh, da, 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 I'm going to try and get through this. Comments on Turkey. No, I can't be doing that. Uh, should Fraser Clark wait till 2021 for Olympics or would you like to see him turn pro now? Uh, not really a question for either of us, really. Um, mm. How old is he, though? Out of interest. Um, I don't know exactly how. Let's have a look. I've got my laptop on my bed. I'm going to say 30. Who knows? Let's find out. No, he's not that old. Um, he is 28. Okay. Yeah. Um... Mm. I don't know. What's his ambition? His ambition is to win Olympic gold, or at least get to the Olympics. He he didn't last time because of Joe Joyce. Time before that, AJ. I mean, not easy, right? So that's his ambition. Let him fulfil his ambition. Okay. Okay, Ade. Who would win, Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury? Oh, uh, Tyson Fury. And I've said this for a while. I know people say I'm an AJ fanboy. I am an AJ fanboy, I admit. But um, uh, Tyson Fury is just, um, just too good, isn't he, to be honest? Pains me to say it as an AJ fan. But I think if they fought 10 times, I think Fury probably wins seven or eight. That's how much I'd favour Fury. Um, but if AJ's watching, um, I still obviously love you, AJ. I don't think he is watching. But if he is watching... Well, you never know. If you he's watching and he wants to go live, then you're going to have to... <laughs> yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, who is the best welterweight working today, in your opinion, Addy? Welterweight? Mm. Terence Crawford. Okay. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even hesitate with it. I know, you're going Errol Spence. We've argued about this before. Errol Spence is the best welterweight in the world. No, Terence Crawford is people. It's up to Terence Crawford to uh, to prove it. Yeah, it's true. Terence Crawford would beat everyone that Errol Spence. No, would he? Would Terence Crawford have beaten that Kell Brook? Would he have beat Sean Porter? Yes. Yeah, Sean Porter's, Sean Porter's too reckless. He'll just pick him off, I think. We'll we'll see. Hopefully. I'd love to see them two fight. Obviously, they've been friends for a while. But um, spoke to Who? Uh, Terence and Sean? Crawford and Porter. Yeah, good friends. Okay. Yeah, I spoke to Crawford, not Crawford, uh, Porter about it in Vegas for Wild Fury 2. And he said that he would have to speak to Terence and see if they'd be willing to put their uh, friendship aside to fight. Which... Oh, wow. That's not going to happen, then. Just That's fun. never going to happen. The way fucking Sean fights, there's no friendship after that. Yeah. No chance. That'd be interesting. Uh, okay. Would Broner versus Khan make sense at Manchester Arena or in Vegas? Do you know what? I would love to see Broner versus Khan. It's one of the only fights I would like to see either man in. Like, yeah. Probably the only fight I would like to see Khan in, I reckon, is probably Broner. I, I like that fight as well. When I think, like, I spoke to... Oh, I say this, name drop again. I spoke to Khan on Talk Sport the other day, and he was talking about having four or five fights left. And I was thinking, who are those four or five fights? That would definitely be one. Billy Adrian Broder. Yeah. The Billy Dibbery match. Then it'd be Boyat. Greatest Prescott rematch. Uh, yeah, but no, yeah, Broner versus Khan, sign me up for it. If that happens, that's not going to happen in Manchester or Vegas. That will happen in Saudi. There's no way yeah. that fight doesn't happen in Saudi. You're mm. so behind. Yeah, we are, yeah. How big of a miss was it for Eddie not to sign Vidal Riley, considering he wants to transition the YouTube boxing fans into boxing fans? I was very surprised that um, 
that Eddie didn't sign Vidal Riley. But having said that, Vidal Riley is obviously trained by Jeff Mayweather. Um, I think he's managed or he's part or potentially under um, Amir Abdullah, who's a boxing manager who also looks after Badu Jack, who's obviously with Mayweather Promotions. So it wasn't it wasn't that much of a surprise that he went with Mayweather Promotions to me. But yes, considering what Eddie's trying to do or what Eddie has started to do with the YouTubers, yeah, potentially. But um, you know, there's, there's Vidal's so young, like there's there's nothing to to stop them working together in the future. But yeah, surprised maybe, but um, not ultimately surprised that he went with Mayweather Promotions. Mm. Uh, uh, um, do, do, who should Eubank Jr. fight next? It's got to be Jamal Charlo, but I don't see that fight happening just because of the performance last time out for Chris Eubank with the fight against uh, Korobov. Yeah, well, it's only a round um, and a half. This is it, and um, didn't look good in that round and a half either. So, um. I don't know where Chris Eubank Jr. stands in this. Honestly, I, I felt like four or five years ago, there could have been a superstar there. And I genuinely mean it in terms of someone selling out arenas in this country and pay-per-views. Um, win or lose fights, right? Because he's um, not the greatest boxer in the world. But I just don't know what's happening. I feel like he's more interested in Fendi and um, showing us behind-the-scenes footage of his amazing house in Brighton. Don't know. Don't know. No idea. I wouldn't mind seeing him versus Demetrius Andrade. Never going to happen. Two different promotions, but that would be an interesting fight. But um, maybe I don't know. I think um, I think Eubank Senior is certainly savvy enough to um, shop around for the best deal, should we say? But um, the Korobov fight, I don't think really personally we can take much from purely because, however you however you look at that fight, Korobov was always going to start well. He's an yeah. superstar, yeah. like one of the best amateurs of the last twenty odd years, and. Mm he was always going to look great in the early rounds of that fight, purely partly because his style and obviously partly because Eubank has conventionally struggled against guys who box and move. So we were always, it was always going to be a tough start to that fight for Eubank. It was just whether or not Eubank could start getting to him in the middle to late rounds. But um, yeah. you mentioned Jamal Charlo. That's obviously the fight they're trying to make or they were trying mm. to make. Uh, I would love to see that fight. And I think the build of that fight would be amazing as well. Um, <laughs> Mate, you could sell tickets to the press conference. Honestly, you could sell Really, really good. Uh, Danny Jacobs versus Billy Joe Saunders at 168. You can go first. Uh... <laughs> good question. This is the thing with that fight. You've only seen Jacobs at 168 once. Okay? Yeah. And you've only seen Billy Joe at 168 against Shifat Sufi. And that is that Argentinian against um, Caceres. So like, yes. uh, Sufi is not uh, hardly a stellar opponent, and Billy Joe underperformed against Caceres. So I mean, neither. Got, I would like to see that fight at one sixty, but um, All right, who wins at one sixty? It's, it's a tough one again. There, it's a tough fight. Um, it's good. Who said that? That's a good question. Who, who asked that question? Carter, DJ, and fifteen. That's a good question. I'm going I'm not. I can't answer it. I don't know. <laughs> not, I don't know. I generally. It's not. I'm not sitting on the fence. I generally don't know. Uh... <laughs> That's a good one. No idea. No idea who wins that. Yeah, okay, we'll move In on. In my head, I'm thinking Billy Joe takes it, but 
I don't know. Am I living off the David Lemieux too much? I don't know. Okay, right. Okay, Ryan Garcia versus Javante Davis later this year. No, it's not going to happen. No, no chance. Um, oh, my God. No way would either. Uh, <clears throat> Hergovic or Hunter? There you go. That's a very, very good heavyweight matchup, that is. Hunter starts fast, we know that. Just because he can start fast, because he's a natural cruiser. Hergovic is one mean son of a bitch, though, eh? Fuck. If Hunter doesn't put him down early, I can see Hergovic stopping Hunter late, you know? Because I feel like Hun Hergovic will just walk through his punches. I don't... Hunter's actually a harder punch than a lot of people give him credit for. But um, if he doesn't hurt Hergovic, and Hergovic starts to get a second win, sort of round six, seven, I can see Hergovic sort of um, putting the, piling the pressure on and hurting him. Like, we were there when Povetkin started to pile the pressure on him, and I thought Povetkin was going to... At this one point, where I thought Povetkin could get him out of there, you know? So I'm going to go Hergovic late. Or points. Both based in London, says Manuel Tingen. Uh, Ade is, I am not. Uh, if anybody wants Adi's address, let me know. <laughs> uh, the pie-eating contest, Rob versus Ade. Well, we just bigged you up, Carter, DJ, and 15, for your good questions. That's a stupid question, because obviously... Yeah. You're done now, Carter. Obviously me. Uh, thoughts on Joe Parker. Will he be world champion again, or just fringes? Um, I have to be careful, because I'm getting Joe on um, Insta Live tomorrow. Um, I think Joe... He's going to struggle against the Giants of the division because he's a he's an average size heavyweight. Mm. And one the the biggest thing missing from Joseph Parker's game, in my opinion, um, and I can say this because it's something that myself and Joe and Kevin Barry have spoken about a lot on camera, is look, he's, he's such a nice guy and he he doesn't have that or hasn't shown that dog in him yet. That mm. um, I feel like cost him the Dillian White fight. And I feel um, he was too negative in the Anthony Joshua fight and gave up the real estate too easily. Obviously, the referee was, was atrocious in that fight. But by his own admission, Parker wasn't as adventurous offensively as he should have been. So that needs to change. But in this era of giant heavyweights, he's going to need to fight the perfect fight to beat somebody like a Fury or make significant improvements if he's going to... If he's gonna you know, get revenge for that Anthony Joshua loss. So that's my feelings on Joseph Parker. There, there are definite areas that I feel that he needs to improve on and can improve on. It's just the case of, will he? Um, so we wait and see. What do you think, Ade? Um, I guess we don't know how these belts will get scattered. Um, if AJ can't defend and he gets stripped a couple of times, then, then you, you never know. Um, I, I echo what you said about him being too nice, though. He is just a nice guy. And he almost shows that in the ring as well. Like, he, he's a nice guy. Um, I think the only fight I've seen him sort of go a bit menacing was when he fought Carlos Takan. But um, I don't know. I, I like Joseph Parker. And the thing is, I think there are things to improve on with him and with what he's got already. Um, you never know. I think he gets a lot more credit now because of that Andy Ruiz performance, because of what Andy Ruiz went on to do against AJ. So he's definitely in the mix, right? I guess anyone in the top 10 is in the mix, but you're right. This is the land of giants. And he isn't a giant. He's a big guy compared to me and you. But, I mean, these guys out there now are just monsters. Okay, I'm going to try and skim through. Uh, as to Raja, haven't got a question, but love both of your channels. Keep up the hard work. Thanks, mate. Uh, Carter DJN again. Canelo versus Tony. 
two very, do you know what? Two quite similar fighters, I think. Um, James Tony is my favorite fighter, but there's there's similarities between James Tony and Canelo, I think. Um, neither had the fastest feet or have the fastest feet, both very, very good counter punchers, great defensive fighters, um, who are not scared to stay in the pocket, which is the difference that that between somebody like a James Tony and a Floyd Mayweather or a Pernell Whitaker. I mean, Pernell Whitaker stayed in the pocket probably more than Floyd, but defensive fighters who stay in the pocket and, and come back with their own counter shots as opposed to using lateral movement and, and you know, being on, on their bicycle. So I think Canelo and James Tony are very similar fighters, but I think James Tony would have beaten Canelo. Um, 160-pound version of James Tony. 168 pound version of James Tony were were phenomenal fighters. Um, if people haven't seen James Tony at 160, 168, and you just remember the um, the rotund version of him at heavyweight and cruiserweight, then do go back and look at him at 160, 168. The Michael Nunn fight, which he was losing, but still a great fight. The um, Barkley fight, the Barkley fight at 168. All the McCallum fights. You know, I think James Tony. I think. Beta Canelo, but that's no disgrace against Canelo. Canelo's a fantastic fighter, but I think um, I think they're two similar fighters, and James Tony's just a little bit better in certain areas than Canelo. Yeah, I think I think you're being humble there. I think he's um, a lot better in certain areas than Canelo, and not only that, but the James Tony that we saw at sort of the higher weight classes showing that he can take a punch as well, which isn't always a good thing. So we know Canelo for sort of being this big puncher nowadays, um, all of a sudden. But um, James Tony could take a punch. So not only can he work on the inside, if Canelo did catch him, he's got a chin to kind of deal with that as well. So I think James Tony, James Tony's a phenomenal boxer. It's just scary for me. Had everything. Had everything. Fantastic boxer. Great fighter. Um, I think the way to beat, while we're still kind of hovering around it, the way to beat James Tony is to be very, very busy or very, very fast on your feet, a la Roy Jones Jr. or David. Yes. That's the way I think that you're best served in beating him. And I don't think either of those styles are really Canelo. So, um, yes. yeah. Uh, Martin Mikolczak. Uh, I hope I've said your last name right. I've, n I've never actually, I've never said your last name. That's uh, Michael Hunter's manager, Ade. And he uh, says that they would stop Hergovic. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which heavyweight can beat Fury, Addy? Jeez. None. None. Mm, who's out there right now? Can, can is None. the will. Okay, can. Um, none. Same, same, same facial reactions. Same. None. Um, we've seen him now go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. He can bot. Tyson Fury is 20 stone, and he, he fucking moves around like he's 15 stone. I still don't know how he does it, if I'm honest with you. He's on his toes. Like, he's actually on his toes bouncing, which is rare. A lot of these heavyweights are kind of really flat-footed. Um, he now wants to sit on his punches a bit more so he can do that. It was psycho out in the press conferences. We know he's all about that. And let's not forget as well, he's six foot nine. He's the biggest heavyweight there is right now, and he moves like he's the lightest. So um, I, it's going to be tough. I mean, there are some good heavyweights out there. Let me not discredit them. The likes of Dillian White, AJ, Hergovic, Hunter, Povetkin, Usyk, maybe. But nah, I just don't see it. Okay, I mean, somewhat controversially, uh, can beat Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder can beat Tyson Fury. 
He can. Yeah, okay. He can still punch hard enough that he can knock anybody out on any given night. <laughs> it's highly unlikely, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. But he can still knock any man out. Good, good point. Good point. Agreed. Fury could, could Anthony Joshua not knock him out? Yeah, I think so as well. He can, um, but I would give Wilder probably a, bi a bigger chance than... Well, I don't know, actually, because I think to beat Fury, I think to beat Fury, you need to be able to invest in the body, be a combination puncher. Um, AJ can do that. And AJ can also box, which I think... Um, can he outbox Fury? No, I don't think so. But he can box certainly um, to yeah. a standard enough to, to give Fury something to think about, which is, I think, in the second fight, what um, Wilder really, really lacked. Like, he gave Fury nothing really to think about on the, when he was being pushed onto the back foot. Whereas AJ's already shown in the, um, obviously, the Ruiz fight and the uh, Parker fight that he can still give you something to think about and can box on the back foot. Would that be enough yeah. for Fury? No, I don't think so. But it would be enough to kind of set him up for potentially landing a shot to, to stop him. I don't think, I don't think any heavyweight out there beats Fury on points. Put it that way. Okay. Not even Usyk. I'd like to see that fight because I think it's it's too fantastic. If we're point scoring now. But I think Fury's just too big. For, yeah, <laughs> way like, too big. Isn't he? Like Fury's so long and. He's got such good feet and he controls the distance so well. Don't get me wrong, Usyk's IQ and his ability to to kind of have educated pressure and pressure fighters with his feet, which is what Fury's never had anybody at heavyweight who can match him for foot speed. So that will give him something to, to think about. When, but when push comes to shove, can I see Usyk being as successful enough for long enough spells in the fight to win it? Probably not. Um, and I think as soon as Fury gets him in a clinch, what we saw against Wilder with the leaning and the putting the glove over the face and stuff like that to stop him breathing and just roughhousing him, I think you're going to see more of that. So I'd love to see the fight. I don't know how entertaining it would be from a, from a casual point of view, but there'd be a lot going on in that fight for a, yeah. for a so-called boxing uh, purist to get excited about. I think it'd be a very, very interesting fight. But do I think Usyk can beat Fury? I don't. I don't know. I think that's. A, I think that's a tough out for him. But having said that, I think Usyk, provided he hasn't deteriorated too much, is a real threat at heavyweight. Um, try and get through these. Do you think we will get a new fight night champion game? Hopefully, I think Eddie's trying to get it done. <laughs> so yeah, that would be good. Um, yeah, agreed. Manuel Tina, love both your channels. Uh, thank you very much. Thank um, you. What are your take on how Khabib West Tony will go? We've already had an MMA question, mate, so we're not going to do that. All right, guys, it's fight time. Rob versus Ade. Who wins? Ade would batten you. Ade is way too physically fit for me, man. I'd be good for like the first 15 seconds until like... <laughs> 15? I was going to give you a, I was going to give you two rounds, Rob. I don't know about 15 oh, seconds. Definitely not. I'm also about five stone above my um, optimum fighting weight. Uh, so, yeah, not that. I think Usyk can get down and dirty too. Yeah, in some some forms he can. Um, you know that that is an art form in itself. But you know how what are you going to do? Roughhouse a six foot nine, two hundred and seventy pound beat that's not happen. Um, Ade, give us a smile. There you go. Uh, Baturbia versus Bivol. I've got my views. Men got lucky with the virus cancellation. Um, Baturbiev versus Bivol. I think Baturbiev wins by knockout. 
I think Baterbiev will run through him like a hot knife through butter. Bivol's a great fighter. I think Bivol is a... He is, but Bivol's small. Yeah. Any man who can make 168 pounds ain't going to beat Baterbiev. I don't think, personally. I don't think he punches hard enough. I think to mm. beat Baterbiev, you need to you need to hurt him um, and, mm. and stop him. We've seen Baterbiev down a couple of times. Saw him down against Callum Johnson. We saw him dropped as well against Jeff Page. So he can be hurt, but Bivol, I mean, we've seen... Again, it's kind of like the Guillermo Rigondo factor. Yes, he's a wonderful technician. Yes, it's it's very pretty to look at, but eventually people sort of get a little bit turned off, and I think that's what's happened at yeah. times with Bivol. I think he's a wonderful fighter, and I'd love to see that fight. I think it'd be a great fight, but um, but yeah, I do think Baterbiev gets to him late, similar to the Vosdick fight. Very, very yeah, good. yeah, yeah. That'll be a good fight, by the way. Vosdick versus Bivol. I'd be up for that. Um, Stevenson versus Warrington. Who wins? Um... I've ruled out Josh Warrington far too many times. Uh, Selby, oh, I said oh, War- I said Selby. Uh, Frampton, I said Selby. <laughs> Sorry, Frampton. Even Kid Galahad, I think I, I kind of edged towards Kid Galahad. Um, I'm not sleeping on Warrington at all. I mean, uh, Shakur Stevenson is obviously... Even though Shakur Stevenson has said he's going up to 130, I think I said. Yeah, so I would edge towards Stevenson, but I'm not ruling out Warrington. No chance. He just said... Oh, no, I'll never rule him out, man. I'll never pick against him. But, yeah, Stevenson. Stevenson. <laughs> just, a, I think he's a, a more talented fighter. But Warrington, once you wind him up, fucking hell. He, he goes, doesn't he? Jeez. Wind him up, Warrington. Um, best body puncher in boxing right now. Um, Canelo be up there. Yeah, definitely up there. Who else? I'm trying to... Inoue. Do you know, I tell you what, the no best, good to the body, I was by just way. about to say, Vasil Lomachenko, I spoke to Luke Campbell um, mm. off camera after he, well, I think I spoke to him on camera about it as well. Hopefully he doesn't mind me saying regardless, but it was one of the things that he said that his body punches were so well placed and he just finds, yeah. the, just finds the gap, the right shot at the right time, just under mm. the elbow and then switches it down the middle. And, you know, he also sets a lot of his other offense up after, like with his body work. So I think um, yeah. Lomachenko for, for underrated body attack, but best body puncher in the sport, I think is probably, probably Canelo. Yeah. It's vicious as well from Canelo. Just vicious. Who would have won if Floyd and Manny fought in 2010? What a question that is. Because you're talking about Manny Pacquiao that put Hatton to sleep, put Cotto to sleep. Oh, that guy then... Oh, that's all right. It kills me that fight didn't happen. Oh, fuck. I don't know. That's uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer. Sorry. Next. Okay. Oh, what just, a fence sitting bastard. Mayweather wins that fight for me. Um, okay. Cool. Easy. You said that as well. No, yeah, but I just that's just what I think. I think, um, Mm-hmm. We've seen, we've seen like Pacquiao like beat up an unbeaten head, uh, an, an unbeaten welterweight champion in Keith Furman, what in July, so and that's however many years after the fact. So he still obviously had something left when Floyd beat him. Floyd was way past his best as well. So I don't know, man. I think style-wise, I mean, if you look at the, the problems that have given like the fights who have given Manny the biggest problems in his career, it's been Juan Manuel Marquez essentially. So counter punchers people who can control the distance on him and uh, Floyd wasn't as much of a combination puncher as Marquez but still you know it, it's a similar counter punching style 
Um, That's the same Floyd, though, that got cracked by Shea Mosley, 2010. Like, literally, Shea Mosley landed the biggest shot ever. So, um, when was, um, I'm going to check now. When was Marquez versus Pacquiao, the third fight? I thought Marquez won that clearly. Like, mm. I thought Marquez clearly won the third fight. And, you know, there's there's an argument to be made about him in the first fight as well. The second, like, you know, and it's that kind of style. When was the third Manny Pacquiao fight? So that was 2011. So he lost the majority decision. So the year after. And I thought he okay. won. Okay. Clear. So, yeah. yeah. So, yes. Um, Boatsy versus Yard, Ade. It's weird. Prior to Kovalev, Boatsy. After Kovalev, even though Yard lost, I'm thinking, well, I've seen Yard now at proven world level away from home in Russia. Um, fuck me. Oof. I would edge, gun to the head, Yard. Changed my mind in this so many times. I've gone, I was literally Boatsy, Boatsy. Now I'm going Yard. I think Yard could get to him. I think Yard, Yard's, Yard's decent, you know. People obviously don't like the Tunde, all that crap. Yard's a decent fighter. Decent fighter. Who's the fastest fighter right now? I would say still probably Gary Russell Jr. Yeah, he's actually embarrassingly fast. Ryan Garcia's pretty sharp with his hands as well. Like we saw uh, Gary Russell against King Tug. And King Took can really fight. And I thought boxed well as well. I don't think he boxed outstanding, but he boxed very well. And for the first three or four rounds, he couldn't do nothing with Gary Russell. Gary Russell just would find an exit always. Just always fast feet, fast hands, fast brain. I would say Gary Russell is still the fastest fighter. Uh, fastest fighter of all time, though, in my opinion, Meldrick Taylor. Um, fuck. You know how fucking fast Pac-Man was? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. He's... Even Amir Khan was super duper quick. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. Mel... If you're talk... Mel... Are you talking hands or feet, everything? No, well, I don't know. They didn't specify, but I'd assume probably hand speed. Uh, Meldrick Taylor, for me, is cartoonishly fast. That's how I always describe him. Okay, question for you both. You must choose A, instantly 3 million subs, or B, an hour and a half one-on-one -on -one sit down with Mike Tyson. Um, I don't know why I'm still frozen in midair here, but I would do the, the interview of Mike Tyson every single day of the week. Like, that would get me the three million subs. There he is. Hey, we're back again. He's back. Okay, um, yeah, I'm going to answer that question as well. Uh, definitely, 100%, I'd rather do the interview with Mike Tyson. Subs don't, you know, they, they look great, and, it, you know, it does help, obviously, having more subscribers, but if you look at us, for example, we've not even hit 90,000 subscribers and we, you know, we, we do pretty well. So, um, with views and stuff. So I think a lot's made of subscribers, not unnecessarily because it is important, but, um, but yeah, definitely the interview. Cause at the end of the day, you don't get money for having subscribers either. Like you, you'd make quite <laughs> a lot of money from an hour and a half sit down with Mike Tyson, I'd imagine. Yeah. Who has the tougher fight schedule? Chisora versus Usyk or White versus Povetkin? Easy answer to this is Usyk. I think Usyk is a tougher fight for Chisora than Povetkin is for White. Yeah, all day long. All day long. Usyk's going to be a, a bit of a nightmare for Chisora, if I'm honest with you. 
Um, saying that, we're all basing this off Usyk that we saw a year and a half ago um, prior to that. Uh, not really the Usyk against Chaz Witherspoon, but if even 70% of the Usyk turns up that turned up against Tony Bellew, then uh, it's going to be a difficult night's work for Derek Chisora. Very difficult. Agreed. I think stylistically, if you were going to pick somebody who is probably the worst style for, for Chisora, I'd probably go for like a a southpaw who can box, who's got good feet uh, and is intelligent. I mean, we saw like the issues that even in patches of the um, the Senad Gashi fight, um, Chisora just it didn't really look like he knew what to do with a southpaw. Obviously, we saw him against um, against Arta Spilka, but we also saw Arta Spilka move back down to cruiserweight recently and, and rob yeah. by who I think he had like a half and half record. Um, and Spilka, I mean, Spilka came over with a lot of Polish fans, and well, there was a lot of Polish fans at the weigh-ins and all the events and stuff, and even they were saying that you know he's he's certainly not the fighter he was, and they expected him yeah. to lose, which is um which is quite interesting. Liam Kerrigan Art, right, guys, if you're watching um and you're like me and you you enjoy some artwork and boxing sketches and things like that, check out Liam Kerrigan Art. I actually went to school with Liam Kerrigan, a really really talented artist sketcher. Um, so check him out. He says, nearly completed my image on Michael Buffer. Thoughts on Buffer? Shared a drink with him. Never shared a drink with him. Um, interviewed him a few times. Seems like a nice man. Um, yeah, He's not real. Yeah, he's but... not real. I feel like he's been taken over by aliens. When I, <laughs> when I saw him in Saudi, I went up to go and I said hello to him. And it's almost, it's like it wasn't quite real. I actually, um, not that I'm picking who I prefer best, but I, I thought David Diamante. You know, I was always thinking for years, who's going to take over this thing, right? Um, we've had sort of Michael Buffer and Jimmy Lennon Jr. for years. And uh, I think David Diamante has almost just come from, I won't say nowhere, but in terms of to the general public, nowhere. And I think um, he's going to sort of do this now for the next sort of 20 years. He's very knowledgeable as well as Diamante. Yeah, he I've seen it. a few interviews you've had with him and he knows his stuff as well. Interesting story about Michael Buffer. I don't know how true this is, um, but a few people have told me it, so I assume it's probably true. Uh, I've been told that when he comes over to the UK, he stays on American time, which is is <laughs> is interesting. So I think I told he, you he's not real. I told you everything apparently is set to American time for him. So like, yeah, um, but whether or not that's true, but it, it kind of it maybe would make some sense. Uh, Miguel Cotto versus Ricky Hatler, one forty. What a fight! What a great, great fight. fight. Um, great fight. That's, that's unbeaten Miguel Cotto as well. Yeah, he was a beast at 140. Yeah, 140, big, strong. And, and the thing about Miguel Cotto as well is that um, obviously he fought orthodox, but he's actually left-handed. Yeah. So his jab is coming at you like a right hand because he's left-handed anyway. And you talk about guys that go to the body. Ooh, Miguel Cotto to the body. I think he'll okay. slow down Ricky Hatton's movement and I think he'll stop Ricky Hatton eventually, but great fight for a few rounds. Great fight. Okay. Do you give Lopez more of a chance to beat Lomachenko than Davis? Uh, about the same, to be honest. Both punch yeah. mm. Um I'd probably... I don't know, yeah. That's a great fight, by the way. Teofimo Lopez versus Javante Davis. Now that is a great fight. That one, I'd love to see. With Davis, like, people... I've been hearing ghost stories about him for years, man, from, like, people who... They have no reason to lie. They don't like. They're not with Mayweather promotions. They're not like you know in, in any way linked to him at all. 
But they've told mm. ghost stories about him laying people out in the gym, like middleweights with big gloves and head guards. And Wouldn't shock me. He's a little monster. So um, I don't know. Uh, I think probably about the same. It's a good question, Dylan Terry. Um, Dylan Terry, also another good guy on Twitter. Um, but yeah, about the same. I give them both. I think saying a puncher's chance is probably disrespectful, but it's something like that. Like uh, I think yeah, no. it like is a puncher's chance because they're not out boxing him. Yeah, but but you know when you say like um, oh, I give him a puncher's chance, I think generally speaking that's that's basically a, oh you've got no chance, which is kind of true in this instance. But you know what I'm trying to say, don't you? I don't, yeah, yes. Not, like a, not in a in a disrespectful way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not sure if you've answered this. Who has the better legacy, Mayweather or Pacquiao? That is um good question. I get this one a lot. Um I might edge towards Pac-Man, you know. I know people are gonna come at me, but you talk I mean, it's so, he's fucking fighting in what era is he fighting in now? I don't even know. I mean you forget those the the Marquez, Barrera, Morales eras. That that almost seems like a lifetime ago. And then obviously jumping up to 147 and fighting Oscar De La Hoya, who was the A-side in that fight. Then the Ricky Hatton, Cotto, Margarito times. Margarito. And now, Pete <laughs> Furman. Huh? He, he beat Margarito. He started at light flyweight and beat Margarito. Doesn't make sense. At 154. Yeah. And now we're seeing him buddy bash up Furman. Nah, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's scary. Eight-weight world champion. Five of those are lineal. Five lineal. So that means he's the man. It's difficult. It's difficult. Four, four and a half. His, uh, four, and a, four and three quarters. Tim Bradley was... That shouldn't have been. Yeah, there. yeah. I agree. But Mayweather's unbeaten. Mayweather's unbeaten. 50 and 0. I mean, yeah. what can you say about that? Well, I think, like, the problem with, with answering questions when it's Mayweather versus Pacquiao is if you, you pick one over the other, you're immediately a hater of the other guy and... It's just kind of, that's just boxing. It's so tribal. Um, but I would, yeah. say, I would say Pacquiao. Uh, he won some. He lost some. Yes, he didn't. He didn't. Re he didn't retire undefeated. But if you look at like the memories and the fights that he was in, you know, it's um, it is unbelievable that he started his. Yeah. And like people forget as well. Like one of the one of the best wins by Manny Pacquiao was against Lelo Ludwaba when he um he boxed for the super bantamweight title on two weeks notice. And that's his, his big fight that that launched him in America with Freddie Roach. And he come in on two weeks notice and beat the shit out of Lelo Lidwaba, who, <laughs> who was the lineal champion at super bantam. And he was, he was a great fighter in his own right. And, and Pacquiao was just, was just unbelievable. So I don't know. Yeah. I think like, but having said that, if anybody wanted to tell me that Mayweather has the better legacy, you know, I think I'll take it. Yeah. I'm not going to love you convincing arguments on either side. Um, you're talking about two of the greatest fighters, certainly of their generation, but, yeah. you know, so I don't think there's, I don't think there's a wrong answer there, providing you can, you can back up what you're saying. Uh, True. Yeah. Cheng Bajo, a shout out from Kuwait. Big up Kuwait. Um, shout out. Does boxing need a superstar like Conor McGregor? Who is the closest in boxing to being like McGregor? Uh, Tyson Fury, I would say probably. Agreed. If we're talking about like McGregor, then yeah, I I'd say that. I think any sport needs a superstar like Conor McGregor, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, he could come over to boxing, but let's not forget, he gets the real paydays when he comes to boxing. Um, <laughs> it's true, though. That's yeah. very true. Um, right, what other ones have we got? Let's see what we can get. No, I love Pac-Man. He's fought better quality and better fights. Yeah, I agree with that. Um 
Okay. Da, da, da. White Povetkin, how can you see that going? That's that such a good fight. That's such a good fight. I mean, it's one that was supposed to happen May 2nd, so no doubt I'll be pushed back now. But um, good fight. There's still a lot left in Povetkin. I think people think, oh, he's 40, he's probably off the juice, whatever people say, um, or what I say. <laughs> but I think there's a lot left in Povetkin. In that Hunter fight, he showed me there's a lot left. He was coming on strong in the second half of that fight. And that's the time you think the younger man would come on strong. He came on strong. Um, and Dylan White obviously came in severely overweight against uh, Maris Vac. So um, I like that fight a lot. And I think it is a shootout, a big shootout between whoever lands first clean. And then we'll see. I don't know if you answered my question, but what do you make of boxing shows without audience? Do we want them? Um, I would take a boxing show without an audience at the minute. Which <laughs> need boxing, man. I'm so... I need any fight. Any fight. Um, and we're only like two weeks into it. So, do we want them? No, not really in a sense. That, like, the alternative would be great to have full arenas and stuff with great atmospheres. But, you know, it's a sign of the times, unfortunately. But, you know, if we had an option to have fights on now behind closed doors, would I take it 100%, mate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, take my money now for pay-per-view with no audience. I just need to see some sport. Something, right? I fucking watch all of Netflix. I'm done. Show me some fights. <laughs> not going to lie. I'm distracted by how fine Ade is. He's not actually that good looking. Well, you know what? To be fair, this is even me without a fresh. So you can imagine what I look like with good lighting and a real good fresh. I'm actually pretty good looking. I was going to say he's not that good looking, but because he's underneath me, <laughs> he's better looking than he actually is. Um... <laughs> Who's more likely to become a pay-per-view star, Tank or Garcia? Garcia. But again, it's it's tough. I mean, it's difficult, I think, to answer some questions like that because it will ultimately come down to which one of them can fight. Like that, That's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking, if Garcia can box half as good as they think he can with all his already social media presence, he's almost like a little YouTube star already, then, boy, that's a pay-per-view star there. But... um. I think Tank's the better boxer. Um, but I think if Garcia, Garcia doesn't have to be as good a boxer as Tank to sell pay-per-views, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make, I think. All right, Craig, Craig Scott, CS Boxing 209, who, of course, runs the Boxing Social Writing Team, or the senior uh, Boxing Social I love writing. his little podcast with a guy called Henry. I think they're quite fun. Well, the guy so. called Henry's in here at the minute, actually. Is he in there? He is, yeah. Um, how oh. would Ade rate your sofa out of 10? Well, his own sofa or my sofa? That's a stupid question, Craig Scott. Shame on you. Let, let's have a look at your sofa, Rob. I mean, obviously, I'm I am... Sofa, I'm in bed. Are you, are you in bed still? Okay, oh, okay. Nobody wants to see this place, mate. Um, was a fan of Triple G before he became a businessman. What fight would you have liked to seen him in had he not been ducked? Wait, sorry, one second. You were a fan of his before he became a businessman. Do you mean before he got paid to get punched in the face? <laughs> I mean, come on. That's not his fault. He's paid the man, for fuck's sake. Um, I'm still a fan. Will always be a fan. Which fight would you have liked to have seen him in? Uh, Canelo a year earlier. Maybe a couple of years earlier. Yeah, maybe even... There was a, there was a time when, I think maybe just before Groves fought Frotch, Frotch versus GGG. Uh, yeah, no, for a fight for a fighters that abduct him, I don't think you can you can't put Frotch in that. So oh, for fighters that abduct him. Oh, sorry. Um, was at the time there was only three. You're talking Jacobs, Cotto, Canelo. That's it, really. Cotto ducked him. Hundred um, percent. 
Canelo waited him out, I believe. I mean, but the thing is with Jacob, Jacobs and Canelo both fought him. So I would probably say Sergio Martinez. What did Martinez duck him? You think? Yeah, big time, big time. That would have been a, a nice, a nice little fight. So yeah, Martinez versus Golovkin would have been. Great. Well, Martinez had no legs. You can't really blame him. He had no legs. What are you supposed no, to do? This was before that. This was before. Oh, okay. Before, before okay. he completely deteriorated. Like you forget how people forget how long Golovkin's been around for. Like Felix Sturm was one of the one of the people who ducked him like most yeah. recently, and it was only because they were with the same promoter at the time that he never got the shot. So um, yeah, I would say Martinez. A guy called Henry asked how much to wear seven jackets for a year. You can't take them off. And whenever someone asks why you're doing it, you have to say, leave me alone. What? So, by the way, so the, the, last, the last question we had from Craig talking about sofas, and that yeah. was from Henry. Them two have a podcast together. So you can imagine how, um, how <laughs> Ade, will the box park get together happen? Um, so, Rob, do you even know about this? I don't even know. But I was supposed to do Box Talk at Box Park uh, end of May. Um, I was actually going to ask Rob to be one of the people on the panel. So I'm just asking you now, Rob. <laughs> um, I don't know, guys. Right now, I'm not quite sure. Um, Box Park were very keen on it. Um, I was obviously keen on it to take the green chair and a couple of other chairs I've got lying around. But as it stands right now, without it, which is a big shame. So um, if it doesn't happen in May, it will happen in June or July. But May, probably not. Okay, I'm trying to fly through these at the minute. Shout out G-Man Boxing. Okay, yeah, shout him out. Kojo Quarting's on here. Kojo from um from Raps on TV. Uh, oh, okay. Well done. Um, I think I believe Kojo um had uh, a daughter recently. His wife gave birth. So congratulations. Congratulations, Kojo. Um, good guy. Very good guy. Very very good guy. Owes me a drink, so yeah. When this is over and done with, my friend. That's my my daughter running around screaming outside. So we're going to have a couple more questions or a few more questions. Now I'm going to go. Um, Beard games are strong in this live. Thank you very much, Mr. Social Misfit. Uh, watch the boxing match today. That's an e-boxing match. I'm sure that's an e-boxing match. Uh, Chad Sugden versus um, uh, what's the name? Ah, uh, the. The Hennessy show. Anyway, I'm tired. But that's e-boxing. I've got enough of the EWBSS at the minute. So, um, yeah. What do you think? Oh, I hear the little one. What do you think to these YouTube boys coming into the boxing scene making pay-per-views? Uh, I love it, mate. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I'm not going to stand it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a traditionalist. I'm a tradition I think of myself as a traditionalist. But I also run a business. And... <laughs> My job, I'm not just an interviewer. I'm what you would probably call a digital editor or a managing editor. And, um, yeah, I like the numbers a lot. So um, I can't, like, I said this to somebody before on Twitter. I can't give, like, a an unbiased opinion. Like, if I, if I told you I thought it was a disgrace, then I'd be a massive hypocrite because... Big hypocrite. We make a lot of money on it. And if I told you that it was great and it was the best thing to happen to the sport, then... Obviously, I'm not being impartial because I'm benefiting from it. So uh, maybe Ade is probably in a better position to answer that. No, I think I've always um, just not liked the fact that at the time they headlined a show and there was two uh, Billy Joe Saunders and Devin Haney um, below them. That's, that was my only gripe with it. Um, the fact is, and having sort of spoken, sat down to you and other people as well that are in the boxing game, these guys generate a lot of money 
not just for themselves, but for the boxing community as a whole. Everyone that's in boxing when these YouTubers fight, eat off it. Trust me, guys, everyone, from the writers to the recorders to the reporters to the journalists. And I'm not just talking YouTube journalists. I'm talking journalists for big organizations. Everyone eats. So um, as long as everyone's eating, including the boxers below them, not a problem anymore. Not a problem. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I do feel like they should have their own shows. And I don't, yeah. I don't like world champions being on their undercards. Um, I hate that. I hate but, it. But if you speak to fighters who have been on their undercards, so I'm like Billy Joe Saunders, Devin Haney, or fighters who have shared bills with them, ask them if they're, if they're bothered. Having <laughs> That's the problem. Before. 100% they're not. Their, their paychecks are bigger. They're getting more exposure. Do those people hang around? Look, I can, I can only talk about it from what I see on our channel. And subscriber-wise, we net a lot more subscribers than we lose. And we, you know, they do hang around and watch videos. It's just natural. But, you know, are they making up a massive population of the fan base? Probably not. But, mm. yeah, they're certainly not just turning up and leaving straight away. Um, Rob, what's the dream for Boxing Social? Ade, what more for you? Um, very simple. Dream for Boxing Social is to just keep doing uh, content that people like that I like um, but other than that because we're in this lockdown it's difficult to really um, to really be too much more detailed than that uh, give me some boxing back first and then maybe I can answer it but yeah just keep doing uh, good work that I think boxing fans enjoy All right, you Ade um, just grow growth if I'm honest with you obviously you guys know I film from my front room <laughs> so there's, I'm, I'm limited in terms of what I can really do I don't really have a studio I just have this green chair and I film from this camera that I'm talking to you guys with right now, it is literally just grow. Um, whether that be a podcast, whether that be sort of getting more guys in to do one-on-one -on -one interviews, I'm, I'm lucky to have had Rob a couple of times. So from that aspect, growth, from what I do outside, again, just grow. More opportunities on Sky, more opportunities on all these other channels that I'm trying to chase. So yeah, 2020 was growth, but right now, fuck me, 2020 is survival. Survival, enough food to put in the fridge. And um, hopefully when this is all over, um, we, everyone can get together and have one big old party. Okay, right. I'm going to try and answer quickly. couple more questions. Uh, does Gary Russell Jr. cause Warrington or Stevenson problems? Yes. Massive yes. problem. When you're big fast problem. like that and you can box like he can, yes. Uh, Absolutely. Right, okay, okay. I can attest to friends who are into YouTube boxing who also bought the Fury vs. World or two pay-per-view. Something is working for sure. Look, if it if it brings even 0.1% of the fan base, you're talking about a big fan base, um, mm. then that's a good thing. Uh, Rob, any chance we can get a 30-second clip of you shadow boxing? Absolutely not. Um, the funny thing is, yeah, people, trust me when I say this, Rob has got hands. Like, Rob's, Rob, no, obviously by hands. But Rob can throw hands, people. I don't know if people think that. And I don't know if people think that um, in order to talk about boxing, you have to know how to box. But um, if that's the case, Rob qualifies because Rob can definitely throw his hands, people. I paid him to say that. Well, yeah, when I want to get the money. Okay, right. I think we're going we're gonna to call it there because we're... Almost wait, wait, wait. What's this question at the end from Mads? Am I looking for um, a wife? Yeah. 
when this roller mess is done. Mads, I'm about to go into your profile and have a good look right now, matey. <laughs> might as well have a look, right? <laughs> it's the Boxing Social Matchmaking Show. <laughs> yes, my, well, you want to take over the world, you can, t you can take over the world like this. It's the, that's the next thing, isn't it? It's um, like we're, we're doing Insta Lives now, and in a couple of months' time, when we're still on lockdown, it's going to be like Boxing Social Blind Date. Might as well, might as well. Because right now, at least, see, you're locked up. Well, I say locked up. At least you've got your wife and kids. I am by myself. <laughs> Boring as fuck. And they told me yesterday that um, he was going to start retiling his bathroom. Which I yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's how bad it's got. And then I realized I didn't have um, um, uh, the spaces. So has anyone out there got spaces? Just throw them up, man. What are you complicated? No, nah, they're these nice little small brick ones, like these little 20 by 30 centimetre brick. Like, they can't just be thrown up because it'll look all wonky. It's got to look good. It's got to look good, Rob. I'm not a DIY man. But anyway, right, okay, we're going to shoot now. Um, before I've enjoyed that. Tom I've enjoyed Lines, it. Tom Lyons, 98. Big up, Tom Lyons. Um, good guy, big boxing fan. Um, thanks to everybody who has stopped by. Uh, yes, much appreciated. Hopefully, this is um, this has kept you somewhat entertained during a very boring time for everybody, including us. Um, so yeah, thanks very much, guys. Thanks, Addy. No problem, my mate. No problem at all. And if you uh, if you haven't already, shame on you. But if you haven't, go and subscribe to Box and Talk with Addy on. YouTube. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I'm assuming that if you've watched two hours of us talking, that you've probably um, you're probably already a big fan of Addy because you're not here for me. But, um, well, no, I doubt. I think they're here for you, and I'm just that. I think a lot of people will be like, "Who the fuck's that guy?" I think they think that about me because I stay off camera all the time. So um, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Like, yeah. I, I did. Um, I did when we did our live show last weekend. We had somebody go on like, "Who's this bearded guy?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, mate. But, um, but yeah, thanks very much, guys. We'll do this again, um, I'm sure, in the next, well, in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, absolutely. At the minute. So I'm going to go now. I've got a few videos that are going to come out uh, tonight and tomorrow. As I say, there'll be new content every day on Boxing Social. Something new every day. Um, no, you know, we're not going to sit around. We're going to try and give people as much stuff as they can to keep you entertained um, during this lockdown. Uh, new content every day in some way, shape or form. So check it out. Peace. Bye, guys.